Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 244th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We're powered by 8 and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. But more on those guys and girls later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me on them socials just about everywhere at Brendan8Bits. And joining me today, the waffle fries to my Chick-fil-A sandwich. You can find it on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. She's my podcast ride or die. Miss Ali Hart, how the heck are you doing today? Howdy, howdy. I am now hungry. Actually, I was hungry before, to be honest, but I'm just extra hungry now. Mention of Yeah, I, I am too. But uh, I'm envious because you could at least go get some Chick-fil-A where I cannot because it is uh, not existent here in Australia. So, uh, boo. Yeah, sorry. Very yeah. big boo. But uh, <laughs> I still can do something decent for lunch. I've got leftover Chinese, so I think I might uh, muck around with that for early lunch slash brunch because it's 20 past nine at the moment. So by the time we record, uh, this wraps up, it'll be, you know, 10 ish, 10 30, maybe that's early enough for some leftover Changers. I reckon I'm down for some, some reheated fried rice and, uh, chicken and cashew. I guess I don't, that's one of those ones. Like I have these like levels of things that can be reheated and eaten the next eat, eat it words eaten the next day. <laughs> um, and like like Thai food, Chinese food, that one's always like a bit risky because I've always feel like sometimes if it's like that extra bit oily, it just it dries out and the oil just pulls at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, I'm going in oil and all. I don't care. Just uh, <laughs> put it in my mouth in the next hour and a half or so. I'm gonna eat that. I'm gonna watch the latest episode of Mythic Quest, which uh, yes! Donna was telling me is another bottle episode. Uh, so it's another little standaloneer that they did uh, overnight. So I'm going to watch that and then probably fall asleep on the couch for about an hour, as I usually do, as is tradition on mm. my Saturdays these days. I can't wait for this episode of Mythic Quest, actually, because it's focusing on the um, narrative, the guy that writes the stories. Yeah, it's so good. God, that show's great. It's uh, one of my favourites. On any platform, any genre, it is It is up there for me. It's got that like community level of um like pop cultural references but also lovable characters that are also got bad sides to them like yeah. like they've all got their negatives so yeah yeah it's so well written and I, I know you guys always get on me you got to go back to always sunny because some of the writing team that are on mythic quest do always sunny and i will eventually but right now mythic quest is the perfect uh the perfect combination for me as far as a good comedy with a little bit of drama, a little bit of real world uh, emotion sprinkled mm. in there. I'm, I'm all for it. So, uh, yeah, I cannot wait to watch that um, today. Uh, I didn't put it on the docket, but I watched uh, Nobody last night. I don't know if you've uh, you've seen Nobody. That's like the, uh, the John Wick-esque uh, movie with Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. I need to watch that, actually. It's pretty bloody good. I really, really enjoyed it's it. Good, really, really enjoyed it. I remember seeing like they just dropped trailers for it. I'm like, this looks really good. And then I just didn't hear about it again. So Yeah, like you, you can see the John Wick like because uh Derek Kolstad wrote wrote this movie and obviously he is the creator of the John Wick franchise. So you can see mm-hmm. 
the way it's shot and the way it's written and the fight scenes and everything like it's it's very slickly produced but instead of a you know an older Keanu Reeves you've got an older Bob Odenkirk uh better call Saul who looks he's pretty fit looking in this movie like he's uh he's he's trimmed down and, and he's looking good and it's tonally it nails it it's got some humor it's got some violence got some awesome set pieces and are they gonna maybe build this out to the next John Wick-esque franchise? Maybe so nobody, and I would not be upset about that. Nobody, somebody, everybody. Anybody. anybody. <laughs> There's the first four. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really freaking good. It's like 90 minutes and it's just, you know, it puts its foot on your throat right from the get-go. Like it's just man, it's just awesome. And it's got some heart in there too, which you know, John Wick's got a little bit of that, but as these movies go on with Wick, it's just more about the action, you know? Yeah. First it was about vengeance for his wife and his dog and his car. And now he's just shooting dudes and just stabbing living. them in creative yeah. ways. No, it's so yeah. weird seeing Bob Odenkirk like evolve because I first saw him on Tim and Eric and then every then he appeared on obviously Breaking Bad and then he got his own spin off because his character was so great. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this movie. Like how incredible that some of these actors just have these really like they just take the right role and then their like career just changes in, in, like indefinitely. Yeah, it's it's awesome too because it like it's it sort of shows that you know never give up you know yeah. keep keep grinding keep hustling you never know like for him to find stardom probably in his forties you know like mm-hmm. it's it's not a common thing for everybody but it shows that you you keep you keep grinding you keep your head down and and just keep working at your craft whatever it is is. There's a strong chance you're gonna you're gonna succeed to whatever level you're looking for. So, uh, yeah, but nobody's really good, really good. To. It was super fun to watch. It was just 90 minutes of insanity, and I loved it. Loved it. Oh, loved good. It. It's a decent amount of time as well. Yeah. Good. Perfect I'm amount of time. Perfect. Sick amount of, of time. these long ass movies. Yeah, I um I I didn't put it on the docket again, but I also wanted to say um I watched uh, Veronica during the week. I don't know if you've seen or heard of this movie. No. So this is, you know, Glenn Danzig, ex-Misfits frontman. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had like a backyard wrestling organization and things like that. This is his uh, first directorial debut and it's like a horror anthology film. So there's three stories in this movie, Veronica. And it goes without saying that this is on the same level as The Room Bad. It is it is up there as oh, far as no. one of those movies now. Like where- on purpose or accidental? accidental mm. yeah yeah that so sucks. if anyone wants some some ridiculous z grade cult horror and gore and bit of nudity and terrible acting and all the stuff that you, you you've come to love with tommy wiseau watch veronica and you'll get that so this was a spin-off he, he's like these are a graphic novel that he's been releasing for a while so then he's converted them into into this film mm-hmm. and there's three stories and it's so bad. It is so bad. Like it is so bad. It's like laugh out loud funny at times when it's meant to be like serious and gory and, and horrific. It is it is something. It's about 90 minutes as well. Uh, I'll pass on this one. <laughs> yeah. But if, if you want to watch a bad movie for the sake of enjoyment, this is one to check out, Veronica. Like it's been out I think two years. I watched it on Shudder and oh boy, it's... uh. It's 90 minutes I'm never going to get back, but, like, I don't 
regret that too much just because I can say I watched this movie that will, I think, in years' time be looked at in the same vein as The Room. It's just like, it's obviously, like, is his graphic novel or whatever it's based off, is that, does that do well? Like, is, is that yeah, well it's, received? It's not my cup of tea. It's, it's the same thing. It's like horror with, with nudity and sexual themes and gore and, like, it's... It, it is what it is. It's it's no world beater, but yeah, it's it's something. This movie, that's for sure. Like my goodness gracious, it Couldn't is. It is Danny feels so bad. Danny feels from Cradle of Filth's horror movie that he did. Oh, was that was Cradle to the Grave? Cradle to the Grave? Is that what it was called? Is that what it was called? It was Cradle to the Grave. Something else. Cradle of Filth. And, and he was the serial killer dude, right? Yeah, it was. It was. It was something along those lines. I watched it because back in the day, I was a massive Cradle of Filth fan. And even then, I was just like, look, I enjoy the band, but this is terrible. Yeah. I remember watching that back in the day, too, with my mom. And it was it was oh, rough. It, it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've shared some some very bad film experiences. Uh, well, I watched Nobody with my mom. She came around for, for dinner last night and we watched Nobody. And uh, it was a hell of a time. Well, this is a good, good one in there. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, steer clear of Veronica if you're only interested in watching good movies. But if you want to watch something bad and laugh and be embarrassed that this guy thought this was amazing, watch Veronica. It is, it is something. Oof. Pass yeah. on that. Like I'll say, I'll say one tiny little part that means nothing to the overall story. There's a woman in the first of the small movies that instead of having nipples, she's got eyes where her nipples are. And it's never explained. It doesn't go any further than that. She's just got eyes as nipples. And there's a whole other different story over the top of that. But she's got eyes as nipples. Okay. And it's like, okay, righto. All right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Veronica, Keep one up. of the worst movies you'll ever see. All right. Up there with the room. Up there with the room. And uh, one last quick thing as well. I've uh, doing something different this week. I want to say I've been reading uh, very substantially... This past week, I, uh, I jumped on um, a book, or the first book by Patrick Rothfuss. So he's an American author, <clears throat> and this was sort of the first book he, he released, and it was met with much success. It's called The Name of the Wind. So it's sort of like a, 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 it's a fantasy-inspired novel, but uh, he wanted to do without the generic tropes of traditional fantasy, you know, wizards and warlocks and mysticism and all that kind of stuff. So it's sort mm-hmm. of set, it's set in an alternate world uh, uh, called Temerant, and it follows this 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 kid named Quoth, and he he's, it's sort of like what's his name? Quoth, like it's spelled K V O T H E. Oh, okay. But it's actually pronounced um, yeah, Quoth or Quoth. What might be the other way you pronounce it? Obviously, when you're reading, you're just interpreting it and enunciating it in your head as best oh, you course. can. So this is the first of a trilogy. There's only two released at the moment. The third one's still not out, uh, so there's still a bit of waiting and anticipation there. But mm. it's really good. Like, um, it's got some of those normal tropes: the the magic and the sword play, and and um, some of that sort of uh, you know fantasy that you'd see. Like, as far as a world building, picture something like in The Witcher, where you've got uh, you know you've got bards and traveling performers and creatures and demons and then just normal people and bar staff and whatever else so it's got all that in there but i like that it dances the line between a little bit of horror a bit of thriller there's you know there's some young romance in there there's comedy it's it's a very fleshed out world with a lot of variety and a lot of different tone and mm. first book it's over 600 pages and i i started it last saturday and i finished it on what? thursday like a bit like 
it bit me big. So I smashed it through. I've got the second one that I'm going to start cracking into today as well. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's it's just a good, fun, accessible fantasy book with great characters, great writing, really witty, really self-aware. Mm-hmm. There's parts, the way this guy writes, it's almost like some of the things he says throughout the book, it's almost like reading sort of like freeform poetry at the moment, the way he describes and phrases things. It's, oh. it's really, really prettily written at times and, and obviously tone can change depending on the scene but really really enjoyed it uh the book came out i think in 2007 if i remember right so it's not too old and the second book came out i think in a le- in 2011 but the the final book in this king Cro- uh, king killer chronicle as they're calling it is nowhere to be seen so uh, oh. you read the first two books and then just wait I'll take your for time. the third one yeah yeah but i really like it i really like it like quoth we'll, we'll say quoth instead of quoth He's a great character, and it's cool to see this retelling of his story and what he what he went through and everything like that, and just seeing him evolve over the years. It's it's really really well done, and I'm I'm really digging it. He's got sort of a similar writing style, Patrick Rothfuss to like when Stephen King does fantasy, and oh. that's why it really hooked me because I'm a big big uh, King head. Is that what they call call King? Apparently, fans? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I've never I've never read a Stephen King book. So it's on my list though. Like full disclosure, like I've actually it sounds sounds makes me sound terrible, but I've only gotten like into reading uh, the past year. Um, my husband got me like a Kindle, so it's a game changer to be honest. But I've found that um, books that I like are like really fucked up books. So yeah, you've told me about a few of those offline, and um, yeah, yeah, some of the books you're reading would scare the Grim Reaper by the sounds of some of the things that happen in there. They're pretty good. I recommend I rec- I do recommend actually when I just read called Wounds, um, it's okay. a collection of stories in that, and that was pretty good. Actually, one of the stories in there got made into a, a movie. I'm pretty certain. So, okay, um, but yeah, um, if it's not fucked up, chances are I won't read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the byline. That's the, that's, byline. that's the line on your business card. <laughs> if it's not fucked up, there's chances are I'm not reading. It ain't fucked up and not into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, on that similar similar sort of vein of, of thought process, uh, we got effed up plenty oh, playing Apex boy. this week when we rolled out together. Holy guacamole! Boy, 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 did we get messed up? Something savage. It's 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 a rough time in the Apex um, battle <laughs> battle arena. It's um. It's been really intense, but it's it's not consistent. Like, there's moments where we'll play a game and then we might have, like, one or two really good ones, but then the rest are relatively shitty. Um, and then, I don't know about you, but then, like, when you team up with random, sometimes you can get, like, maybe three solid good games in a row. Um, yeah, yep. It's it's just it's always on and off with that game, which is fine. Um, I'm actually literally like really getting into it now, where I'm actually changing mouse sensitivity, changing my DPI, and everything like that, and watching a lot more. Um, uh, it's AGL, I think, is the current competition that's going on for Apex. So I'm I'm trying to get good, as the kids say, and slow improvements, slow improvements. So. Yeah, I'm I'm similar. Like it's just chipping away. Like repetition's the first thing to to hone the skills, and then yeah, yeah, trying to find that sweet spot as far as movement sensitivity and what your hands can actually handle in a in a good in a good way. You know, like you jump that sensitivity up one notch, especially because I play on controller. I go from say super high, which I think is a six, to very high or, or whatever. Maybe it's very high than super high. So it goes from a six to a seven. 
and that jump feels like it's six to seven thousand like goes from manageable to i sneeze and i'm looking out this way all of a sudden it's like god damn it see my sensitivity was way too high like in-game sensitivity i think i was sitting on four or five so i've decreased that now to a 1.5 and then my mouse's dpi i was sitting on like like 1600 and now i've dropped it down to 400 so it like and the it mouse good. mouse movements well it took me a while but i'm now finding that i have way better control of my mm-hmm. aiming because obviously yeah. before it was a bit too sporadic and i wasn't landing my shots but now i'm having more consistent um shot shots like hitting directly as opposed to spray and pray essentially what i was doing yeah, before got that, got that tight bullet placement now. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. so yeah but it's it's good fun like we had, a, we had a rough run there, like especially because yeah. we've got that third rando dropping in. Well, Ugh. half the time, they didn't even give us a third person. 50% I've of the games you played. that issue as a solo player where it'll, I'll be sitting there waiting for ages and it loads up a game. It's like, buy yourself good luck. I'm like, motherfucker. I actually got into um, like final two, like four times. Mm-hmm. Granted, not one single kill, but... <laughs> I'm not gonna you, be a solo and run up against threes. Like, do you do the same as me when you're by yourself like that and you just sort of skulk around? And you'll just run somewhere and hide, wait for the zone, run and hide. Yeah, for the most part, it's more of a case where um, if I'm by myself, I drop instantly and I always try to go where I don't see anyone, and then I hang back mm-hmm. until the zone is already closing in, and then I hug the zone. Um, yeah, and then yeah, towards towards the end, it is more of a kind of like hugging the walls and trying to stay out of sight and out of mind. But, I mean, it only gets you so far. Like, with the chances of you um, being in the final, like, let's say final top three teams or top four teams, the likelihood of, you know, you going up against other single players or at least a team of two without getting third partied or whatever, like, it's it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, you got to wait till they engage each other and exactly. then you sort of just sneak in over the back and yeah. toss a grenade and might get a cheeky knockdown here shot. or there. Yeah, over there. Yeah, so it's yeah. rough. It's a but it's still good fun. Like it's it's been my little downtime game where I'm like, oh, I got half an hour to kill or I feel like mm. playing a game before bed and I'll, I'll roll a few sets and then then crash out from there. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's good. good. It's fun. It, and that's, I think, why I like it as the Battle Royale. It's just like, it's kind of like, okay, you're dead, cool, load into another game kind of thing as opposed to... Mm. Like um like your war zone or anything like that where you're running around for a while. So. Yeah, no gulag here. No gulag Thank here. Thank God. I, I that gulag stresses me out. It does, me too. It's it just write me off because the second I go into the gulag I'm usually pretty pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, in, in much more positive news unrelated to Gulag, obviously, uh, if you want to support us, you can do so via the following options. You can head over to ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit, and uh, you can chuck $5 a month behind us if you'd like to. Going to get you early access to several podcasts, exclusive access to existing on, as well as automatic entries into our giveaways and periodic swagger sent your way. You cannot get anywhere else. Uh, if you wanted to uh, get some purchases from there, you can obviously do so uh, via purchasing the 8-Bit Founders Coin or the 8-Bit Coin, as we like to call it there. $20 AUD gets you that coin shipped to your delivery address anywhere on planet Earth. Or if you want to get immortalized in the Family Portrait Star Wars Edition 2021 version, $50 AUD gets your own likeness immortalized as a Star Wars character or character uh, character archetype from that world, as well as the 8-Bit Group Shop once it is all finished. And uh, yeah, we've got some subscription tiers coming. 
as we mentioned to a couple of times now on the last few episodes of THG, yeah, Kofi will have some subscription tiers available imminently, apparently. Once that's done, we'll break that out and give some people some other different uh, different tiers of entry should they uh, wish to support us that way. If you don't want to do it that way, feel free to head over to shop8bit.net to get yourself the best merchandise in the video game pop culture industry, universe, world, whatever. Yeah. You can get it there, shop8bit.net. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, everything else in between. It is all there. Available shipped everywhere in the globe as well. And if you don't want to support us monetarily, obviously just, just rate, view, subscribe us on iTunes, on Podchaser, on whatever podcast player that accepts reviews. Just drop those thoughts there and we will gladly take that on board because it takes no time, costs you no money and means an awful lot to us. Helps keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. And that's how you get automatic entries into our regular giveaways. So you just got to write one of those reviews, screenshot said review, email hello at 8bit.net or drop us a message at we are 8bit on them socials with a screenshot of that review. And you're going to be automatically entered into our giveaways where this week, this month, sorry, we are giving away an Audio Technica Creator Pack Pro as well as some 8-bit oriented swagger. But Miss Hart, shall we talk about our friends over Audio Technica and then get into the meat and potatoes of this episode? Let's do it. Heckin' yeah. All right. Listeners, whether you're a budding podcaster, streamer, YouTuber, or just an audiophile, Audio Technica has got you covered with the best range of audio equipment in the market today. If you've listened to us at least once before, there's a strong chance you've heard of us talk about our origin story and the fact that Audio Technica has been with us from the very beginning. Our very first mics that we ever hungry gamed into were the AT2020s, and as well as you know, you never forget your first. Navigating the world of video game and pop culture with the leaders in audio-based equipment has been quite the journey. The news might not always be the most positive, but our audio quality most certainly is. Audio Technica are your audio-based one-up. They are indeed. And listeners, you can start your creator journey or content creator journey or audio listening journey. Whatever journey you want to start, you can start it today. Don't stop believing. By picking up the Creator Pack Pro Pack, which includes the AT2020 Plus USB microphone, ATH M20X headphones, and a handy boom arm to mount that sexy microphone. And uh, it is the perfect kit to get you started on your road to audio-based greatness or just a better listening experience at home, whether you're watching streams, YouTube, watching Netflix, maybe making podcasts, making videos, whatever it is, it is the perfect way to get your content taken to the next level. If content creation isn't your thing though, fear not as Audio Technic can upgrade your vinyl recording listening experience with a sexy range of turntables, improve your KD ratio, maybe, via their market-leading wired or wireless gaming headsets or just improve your general listening experience thanks to their wide range of headphones that come with all the latest bells and whistles. You want Bluetooth, noise cancelling, in-ear or over-ear, it is all there over at audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au for our ANZ-based listeners. On to the news. New releases and events. All right. That ain't right. That is the wrong bite. <laughs> On to the news, take two. This week's news headlines. I read the first three letters on the on my um, soundbite plugs and I saw new, but I didn't look any past that. The so first was, three letters. Yep, because there's news grab on one side and then there's new releases on the other, on the, oh, on the buttons directly opposite each other. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. So that's on me. Definitely this. This week's news headlines. That's what we're doing, listeners. We'll get to the new releases and events later. 
But uh, we got a we got a couple of we got a good amount of little quick hitters we're going to sort of rattle through mm. here, and then um, we're going to do a little bit of a, a deeper dive on some big things coming up over the next uh, week or two, and just let you know our plans. So uh, the the target acquired section, obviously rapid fired shots that were heard around the industry or announced around the industry this past week. Mm. First one's a bit of a big one. God of War Ragnarok has officially been delayed into next year, so we're talking twenty twenty two. And they've also confirmed that it's going to also release um, on the PlayStation 4 as well as PlayStation 5 in 2022. So uh, that second part took me by surprise. Yeah. Uh, that they're going to release on on last gen and, and now current gen. The 2022 thing, I don't think anyone in the industry was surprised no at all. No one was shocked, no. <laughs> no. But uh, I'm keen. Obviously, the, uh, the, the latest God of War game is one of the best games i've played in in many many years i love that experience very cinematic uh combat was visceral uh seeing what they did with kratos and the void oh you know we, we've talked about this game at length um over the years since its release it's won many awards and, and seeing this continuation of the story and uh ragnarok and, and what it's going to allude to as far as uh norse mythology i'm i'm keen are you excited miss Hart? you're gonna you're gonna play this next year when it comes out i don't know I didn't play the like I have I played a God of War um I think I've played maybe one of the previous titles uh but my husband seems to think I would actually really like these God of War games like especially this new interpretation of how they're played apparently the combat Mm. system with the inclusion of like puzzles and whatnot is quite enjoyable I don't know maybe I will maybe I'll be on one of my uh, bucket list things that I should um, <laughs> actually play. It is, a, it is a big list, that bucket. That it, is for sure. It is a tub now. It's no longer a bucket list. <laughs> it is a tub list. So, Well, if it gets a bit bigger, you could stream from that tub and make, make millions. You know, that's uh, that's what they do these days, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. The hot tub. Yeah. As long as it's a... Uh, yeah. I was going to go down a different tub, but that's like old internet reference that no one wants to Ooh. hear on a Monday morning. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, we'll we'll park that for another day. Maybe that can be in <laughs> THG nights one time. Sleep All right, next one. Riot has announced Valorant Mobile, the mobile version of the currently PC only free to play competitive first person shooter, which now has more than fourteen million players each month. It is in the works. There's no fixed date as when mm. this thing's going to come out. I'm not at all surprised that there's a Valorant Mobile coming because. This is going to just be a money printing machine for them when it hits mobile because there's going to be microtransactions out the wazoo. Mm. Like I, I, I haven't played Valorant. Um, I've seen people play it. I'm curious how it would translate on mobile. Are they going to make it exclusively um, controller adaptive, or is it going to be like on the screen where you have to kind of control it on the screen with like the little touch joystick? It just feels like I, I a think lot it might of detail. Be a bit of both. Mm. It's it's a it's a tough one to determine, but yeah, like I'm not surprised. This is this seems to be the archetype that these games follow. Mm. You know, PUBG goes big, PUBG Mobile, COD goes big, COD Mobile, so on and so forth. Valorant's still popping up. Like it's a, I've never played a round of Valorant. Full disclosure, don't like Valorant CS and stuff like that. That's not really my cup of tea. See, it's it's a lot of cup of teas for a lot of people around the world. Can't fault them on that. Yeah. 14 million players a month is no goddamn joke, but doesn't move the needle for what I'm looking for in the game no. space. But power to them. You know, the last thing Riot needs is more money, but good on them. They've, they've found another another model that works. Yeah, they know how to do it. 
Yeah, they do indeed. Uh, the next uh, little banger, Team Asobi has officially announced itself as the newest internal development studio within the PlayStation Studios family. This news comes nearly four months after Sony Interactive Entertainment announced that PlayStation Studios Japan studio will be reorganized and recentered around Team Asobi, the team best known for Astrobot Rescue Mission for PSVR and Astro's Playroom on the PlayStation 5. Hmm. We so all a bit of a reshuffle there, a bit of a realignment. Yeah, well, we all loved Astro's Playroom, so yeah. um, uh, I don't know if this means that we're going to start seeing more titles very identical to Astro's Playroom. Um, I think we all, like, I think a good chunk of us said if Astro's Playroom was like its own standalone game and probably went for a little bit longer, we would have probably enjoyed that experience as well astra's playroom was definitely not a type of game that i would play but it's definitely the reason why i would try ratchet and clank now oh yeah oh yeah so their, their logo the team asobi logo has got little astro's head um mm-hmm. as the as the o in the logo it's a very cute very vibrant looking logo and um yeah herman hulst the head of playstation studios he sort of said that team asobi Obviously, they're based in Tokyo. They're a world-class studio that is developing a franchise for all ages with global appeal. So maybe we're going to see an Astros game that's going to be on the same vein as maybe like a Crash Bandicoot, a, a Sonic, a Mario. Little maybe that's planet, the way they're going to yeah. go with this is just build out that world that they've they've given us through PSVR and then the the pack in with the PS5 and um, yeah, make it make it a full fledged. Um, no adventure experience, which I'm down for. I'd love to play another version of um, Astro's Playroom. So yeah, me too. Sign me too. Me up. So cute, so cute, and just the just the stuff and the wizardry that they had going with that dual sense, like that that game that almost you know I don't want to cheapen it, but you know tech demo for all intents and purposes. I mean, it, it yeah. showcases that controller better than just about anything released so far on the <laughs> PS5. Yeah, it feels like it. Like the the interactivity on the um, DualSense was really awesome in the game, but everything about the game playability, um, the music in that game was absolutely adorable. But then also just the great um, references through um, like Sony PlayStation titles through all the years and the generations was great yeah. too. It was a Loved wonderful it. experience. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what Team Asobi come out with. Maybe we might be fortunate enough to get an announcement over the coming months with all the, uh, you know, the, the conference season that uh, is, is upon us. Uh, the next little banger that you've chucked in here, which I think is just the best, an Among Us-shaped chicken McNugget just sold for nearly 100000 US dollars. So this was sold through eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the title for this listing was McDonald's Among Us-shaped nugget from BTS Meal. So uh, oh, it started whammy. at a 99 cent <laughs> opening price and it sold for 99,997 US dollars. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's the best, but like, I wish like, you know, I, I waste money on crap, but I wish I had that kind of next level of disposable income where I can drop a hundred grand on a nugget. Yeah. See, look, if I had disposable income where I could buy that, and obviously knowing that other people were interested in it, I would like also video like record myself eating it. Oh yeah. my god. I wonder what how much a hundred thousand dollar McNugget tastes. It will last Probably forever. The same though. as a uh, standard five cent nugget. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. It will last forever though, because it's <laughs> McDonald's, so Yeah. I did try the um I, I ordered the like I'm assuming it's it's a global thing at the moment. These these BTS meals you can get from McDonald's. I, yeah, I think so. 
which is like a, a pack of nuggets, a chips, a drink, and then the two unique sauces. It's like a Szechuan sauce and like a sweet chili sauce. Oh. And um, the, the szechuan sauce that you get with it is actually pretty good. I'm a fan yeah. of uh, that sauce with it. I was eating my nuggies the other day. Sadly, I didn't have a Among Us nugget that I could you know retire on, but my stock nuggets, they tasted pretty good Sweet and uh, sour's with that good. sauce. Yeah. Sweet and sour is my go-to. Mm. But yeah, this uh, this Szechuan-y, sort of like a spicy mayo oh. type of vibe it is. Okay. I was a fan. Right. It, it complimented my nuggies and chippies very well. Yeah, see, I never order nuggets at um, McDonald's, so. I do, because they're like, they're like my little, my accompaniment to my burger. Mine's, well, hang on, do you order chips? Yeah. And a six-pack of nuggies. I don't get like a 20-pack and then a burger and chips and a drink. I just get my, get my burger, get my, like with my chips and my drink in the combo. I'm, I'm a vanilla shake combo drink guy these days. I'm not on the Coke or the Sprite so much. I'll get a shake with six-pack of nuggets and sweet and sour sauce. Yeah. See, I guess that means my accompanying thing then is the other burger that I order. <laughs> oi, is oi. it like a little burger? Like, is it sort of like a cheeseburger that accompanies like a Big Mac? It's or either a cheeseburger or a double cheeseburger. <laughs> nice. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Oh, burgers. Now I'm thinking about burgers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll get one to accompany my reheated Chinese. Uh, the the next the next situation was a bit of a bit of a very uh, tone mm. deaf uh, scenario that played out as through some social media managers. So the Injustice Two mobile game Twitter account issued an apology this past week to fans after an in game to celebrate Pride Month involved beating up on an LGBTQIA plus character. So uh, holy moly, talk about missing the mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean this the whole Pride Month thing and seeing companies get involved. We see a lot of um, major corporations really miss the mark. But having um, having the goal to um, challenge uh, uh, Poison Ivy, who is known as, um, I believe she's um, bisexual, a bisexual yep, character. Yep. So, yeah, the having it made so you had to beat her um, during Pride Month, um, yeah, if, if fell, fell a little tone deaf. So they had to kind of um, release on Twitter an apology on that one. Yeah, like it, it, it happens all the time. The, these sort of corporations think they're trying to be cool or funny or smart or witty and it just is so far from where they were meant to be mm-hmm. uh, from a tonal perspective. It's, you know, it's it happens and it's, it's not surprising. Like we'll, we'll hear more similar things like this. Um, As month goes on. Yeah, but like tying back in and then doubling back to what we said at the start about playing Apex, they're, they're doing really well with their... Like um, being able to select badges, you know, this the Stop Asian Hate badge. They had the the Black Lives Matter badge there. They've got the uh, the, the Pride Month badge that you can put on on your character as well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that they're, they're it's great to see that pushed in there and and allowing any player to have those badges and represent what they believe in and what they stand for, and you know, hopefully be free of. I I haven't had any pushback. I've I've rotated some of those badges in here and there as well, and and no one through game chat has said anything to me. So I like that there's been a level of respect and, and appreciation there. No yeah. doubt there's probably some horror stories out there too, but yeah. I like what um, what Respawn have done in that regard. Yeah, giving the people the option and then just showing that they themselves can represent um, things that they believe in as well because um, Destiny did the same, especially for Black Lives Matter, um, and I believe they do the same for Pride as well. Um, just giving people the option to, I guess, um, represent their beliefs in-game so um, and make a, a community more aware 
Um, it's always yeah. good. Um, it obviously doesn't clear slate um, for companies that <laughs> have maybe a bad past when it comes to toxic communities mm-hmm. and maybe not handling it the best way. But as for a person that wants to represent their beliefs, um, you know, the fact that they've given the option is always great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something that uh, could potentially be great, question mark. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, they're setting up a division called Dark Horse Games with the intention to uh, make games based on its portfolio of entertainment properties. So that not only encompasses uh, Hellboy, which is probably uh, one of their their bigger known bigger known sort of franchises, but that could also include uh, Sin City, 300, Umbrella Academy, Emily the Strange, uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Hmm. So they're going to start jumping into creating games from these uh, from these uh, respective comic and graphic novel universes. Yeah, um, Hellboy feels like it could translate to a game easily. It'd just be um, Darksiders, right? <laughs> That's all I think of straight away with Hellboys. Something like Darksiders. I guess. Um, I just think, like, um, the, I love the universe of Hellboy. I love the environment. So I just think just seeing that translate. I think this is just me saying I want to run around in the universe of Hellboy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the other titles, uh, like Umbrella Academy? Yeah, I don't know how that would work, like... Because there's so many characters like as well to try and control <laughs> like an and, and flesh game? out. Like, yeah. <laughs> F- like, with 300 Madison? I don't know. Like, Sin City could be cool. Like, a, just that color pl- oh, palette, that, like, stylized. that noir stylization to it. Mm. Like, But then how do you flesh out a game enough? Like, the Sin City movies were okay, but, like, I don't know how you'd convert that then to a 10-plus-hour a gaming experience. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that. Uh, so would you just be doing like like chapter stories kind of thing? Like, yeah, may, maybe you could do a Sin City as like a Telltale style game, something like there that. There we so go. That could work. Yeah, true. Mm. Yeah. But watch this space, Dark Horse Games. Yeah, big move there by Dark Horse Comics. But uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, when they announce their first titles and uh, how it, how it comes out and to what acclaim. Yeah, it almost seems like gaming is a pretty uh, a pretty important medium now, huh? Oh yeah. Maybe it'll take Ooh, yeah. off. Yeah, one one might hope one day. Uh, speaking of taking off, if you want to take off into other universes, uh, obviously Prisms, which is No Man's Sky's seventeenth named update since its release in twenty sixteen, touches up the game's visual presentation pretty much across the board. Planets, for instance, get enhanced weather effects. Hello Games highlights rain, which now refracts the light and causes surfaces to become slick and wet while underground caves become more detailed with improved lighting and volumetric fog. Planetary fauna, meanwhile, has been overhauled with proper fur effects and, as a bonus, flying creatures, which were sadly neglected in No Man's Sky's Taming Base Companions update, can now be adopted and ridden through the sky. Yes. Are you keen? Have you been playing much uh, NMS lately? I haven't. It's been a quite a long time since i actually jumped in but when i did previously i was all in i was going to planets i was i guess the terminology would be colonizing um but um there was a lot of um sky-based creatures that weren't tameable uh so now i want to quickly run back there i had this planet where um we had i had these like sky eels so now i want to mm-hmm. go back and fucking ride those bitches um <laughs> um want to go back and ride those bitches so yeah now i need to kind of go back and see 
um yeah what i can make my new pets essentially i still need to take some time to go back to this to get not only the normandy but also keep building out some hub that worlds and just just having fun has it gone i might have ended oh okay i'm not getting the normandy unless people can people trade you those types of ships oh, no, i know they can no. <laughs> maybe not maybe i missed the boat maybe or the spaceship maybe missed regard, the ship but yeah yeah god damn it we'll see anyway I'll, I'll be upset for about five more seconds and then I'll be past it because it'd be awesome to have, but like, yeah. If you're not playing it's, it it's like religiously, fine. then it's just there. Yeah. It's on me either way. <laughs> uh, I could have I taken the time out and actually paid attention to when this thing might run till. So uh, fingers crossed it's still active, but if not, power to everyone that got the Normandy. Uh, I'm going to be eternally jealous. Mm-hmm. Or give it to me somehow, yeah, please. Yeah, blowing them up. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah shoot them. I'm becoming a space pirate. I'm gonna shoot them all down. <laughs> I can't have it. No one can. <clears throat> all right. The last bit of news: E3 conference season, announcement season, whatever you want to call it. It's it's you know it's almost like a pseudo Christmas for gamers. This sort of uh, June period, year on year, mm. like where we get a lot of the big announcements, a lot of the big reveals, and uh, starting from this week, we've got over twenty different conferences or live streams or events or showcases, um, tree houses, whatever you want to call them. You know, every every pub or dev has got their own unique quirky names <laughs> for these things coming up. And uh, it starts from this US Thursday slash Australian Friday. And it runs, um, if you include the Steam Next Fest, which goes right through to the 22nd, it runs for you know, about two weeks. But um, if we're talking just mainline conferences, it's going to be running from Thursday the 10th slash Friday the 11th through to Tuesday the 15th slash Wednesday the 16th. So we've got a lot of new announcements and all kinds of crazy insanity yeah. coming your way from this Thursday, Friday. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, sort of change up the usual THG release schedule. So next next weekend, we're not going to have a, a, a normal traditional THG episode. We're going to focus, um, like we've broken this this run sheet in half, you could say. Yeah. So the first episode we're going we're gonna to release, we'll be covering all the news and announcements from the Summer Games Fest, Netflix uh, Geeked Week, the IGN Expo, Guerrilla Collective, Wholesome Direct, Ubisoft Forward, Gearbox, and Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. So that will be episode one, which will be coming out sometime over next weekend. So it'll probably be out a couple of days earlier than the usual THG. So it'll be out probably Saturday-ish, I'd say, give or take. And then the second episode, we'll see us tackling everything from the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, Square Enix, PC Game Show, Future Game Show, Warner Brothers Games, Take-Two, Capcom, Mythical Games, Freedom Games, Razer, Nintendo, Bandai Namco, Eureka Games, GameSpot, and the E3 Awards. So it's not going to be a deep dive play-by-play on everything shown in all those. We're just going to be uh, rounding up all the big announcements and the big showcases and then just having a discussion. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a lot of stuff, and um, obviously we want to be able to deep dive and give everything the same amount of attention. Um, obviously we ourselves don't know how much um each developer's going to have available because we're going to obviously have to see a lot of um pushback um due to you know COVID and um people working from home, and so there's going to be a lot of time differences and such. So um yeah, two two neat packages of podcasting and um. Yeah, we'll go through our 
our opinions and what we thought of these events, what we liked, yeah. what we didn't like. Exactly, exactly. So we're going to have that first episode dropping next weekend. So next Saturday, it'll be out. So two days earlier than our usual THG release schedule. And then that following week, uh, we'll have an episode out maybe four days later on the Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll have two episodes out within the span of four to five days. And then there won't be a normal episode of THG releasing that following week. It'll come back normally again the week after with that typical Monday uh, Monday release you guys uh, know and love for the past five, six years. Yeah, it gives you some catch-up time. Yeah, yeah, folks show. But I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to be uh, on display over the next week or so and what we thought might be a fun way to sort of wrap up the news is, is maybe throw some some bold predictions out. So we've got a, we've got a handful of predictions. We sort of broad stroked it and said, you know, we don't want to do one per per each conference or each announcement. Let's say, let, let's grab three or so predictions that we think are going to happen over this E3 uh, week. So, Miss mm. Hart, did you want to did you want to start off with one of yours? Prediction and wishful thinking. Uh, we're going to see an Elder Scroll trailer. Like we're going to see some. We're actually going to see something. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. Like it, it is a bit of a bold one because we've got nothing more than just a, a nice floating, uh, floating stylized image with a some with a text, name yeah. last time. Yeah. So, yeah. I I really anticipate, especially with this whole um, you know Xbox Bethesda combo um, that they've been kind of pushing and hyping up for this E3. I I feel like we're gonna get it. We're gonna get. It. Yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna like the Microsoft Bethesda showcase or Xbox Bethesda showcase. I think they're gonna want to come out all guns blazing, and they're just gonna be dropping big announcement after big announcement mm. so uh yeah consider me very keen and i'm on board i think that uh that prediction or that uh that statement you just said there i think that's 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 going to be close to a certainty i think yeah let's hope so but bold nonetheless <laughs> my first one i'm gonna say at least three remakes slash remasters are announced over Ooh. this e3 uh conference season so uh, just looking at some of the studios there, like we've got a Capcom showcase, so maybe we're going to get that Resident Evil 4 remake oh, in there as one yeah. on the back of the hype from Village, and then maybe we'll get some other ones. Maybe we'll get Croc finally announced. <laughs> we've got Spyro and Crash, and then at least one other. So I'm going to say three remakes slash remasters are going to be announced over E3 week yes. or E3 season or whatever. Yeah, and you say announced. So even the ones that have been previously mentioned – non-inclusive these are new freshies that we haven't heard about yeah these these are brand new ones like and and obviously our our sort of bold predictions here aren't encompassing any of the rumors that are running around we haven't been looking up dirt sheets and you know, <laughs> leak schedules and things we're just we're just shooting from the hip here mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah all right what's uh, your second one Ms. Hart? all right so this is more like a little bit of um uh, a generalization on how uh, events kind of go with E3 and I've said at least two famous actors will awkwardly be talking about a game that they probably don't know much about so sometimes we've seen uh, actors and performers kind of come out and start talking about how excited they are for a game or how they themselves grew up playing video games but it's always a little bit mm-hmm. awkward where you're kind of questioning like do you even know what you're talking about did you just get paid to talk about this so yeah that's uh, my anticipation is that we're going to have at least two famous actors that are going to going to be out there talking about something do you feel like going like next level bold and predicting who one of these actors might be <sighs> 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I could have not predicted Vin Diesel last year. <laughs> yeah. God, that was that was a thing, wasn't it? My goodness. Um, I mean, could have, no one probably could have predicted uh, Keanu either. That was pretty infamous too. So I don't know. Like we do, like I said, um, we do have um the Borderlands movie um mm-hmm. that is currently in the works. So um, you know, maybe we'll we'll see someone from the Borderlands movie probably talking up maybe, something. Maybe Kevin Hart rolls in or Kate uh, Blanchett. Or Kate Blanchett, that'd be nice. But yeah. Um, it's it's going to be more of a case where we're either going to see like an actor that might be appearing in an upcoming game that we haven't heard about yet and they'll be talking about it or we'll just um, see some, you know, actor or com- comedian maybe even um, saying like, mm. oh, this growing up, I played video games. And one thing that makes me excited is this. And then it's just like, get to the get to the trailer. Do you think, just thinking out loud... There, there might be like with some of like we might get one of the the current film or TV adaptations. Like obviously they've got the Netflix Geeked Week and stuff. Maybe we'll see uh, Henry Cavill there, or maybe Ooh. we might get Mark Wahlberg or but Tom said, Holland from I Uncharted. S- I said awkwardly. So yeah, they wouldn't be awkward. They'd crush it up. Uh, there. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Like there's nothing oh awkward about that. Um, yeah, I'd watch that guy sleep. Me too. No, that's a weird thing to no. say. No. No, we'll we'll say it. <laughs> For it. I'm just saying, like, I'd watch him do anything. He's just, he's just got that uh, that energy about him. He's just just a dude. Yeah. He's just the dude. He is the dude. So yeah. yeah. Let's see. Now I've got my fingers crossed that we're gonna have Henry Cavill. Actually, yeah, me too. that lines up because we've only just recently um, seen the post where the poster Witcher? for Witcher Two, and they just yeah. said coming soon. I mean, yeah, maybe. Actually, that's a pretty. Hmm, that might be spot mm. on. Mm. But I'm hoping we get some awkward actors. Oh doing yeah, some awkward let's, things. Let's let's <clears> get that cringe. Just keep bringing Vin Diesel back every. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to watch him up there every year just so I can laugh because it's hilarious. <laughs> or get Keanu up there calling like telling people they're breathtaking. You know that'd never get old. People would love that. People love Keanu. Yeah, a lot of people do love Keanu. Hmm. Mm. Who would you love to get up there that you hate that would just bomb, you reckon? Amy Schumer is who comes to mind for me. Like if mm. she was there somehow for some weird reason, that would be the worst. Oh, my God, please. You, no, this is someone that I would love to come up there and talk about. I would love mm. Nicholas Cage got up there. Oh, yes. Oh, could you imagine? A national treasure game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Forget watch Henry Cavill sleeping. I want a National Treasure game. Yeah, that could compete with Uncharted and uh, Tomb Raider. Yes, 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 yes. I'd play that. Me too. <laughs> play. All right, my uh, my second prediction. Excuse me. At least one's a bit of a, a, a bit of a combo deal here. Mm. At least one bizarre live music performance, and at least three traditionally non-speaking English announcements that are done very awkwardly. Uh, yeah. I, I think that second one's a damn near guarantee. One hundred percent, yeah, guaranteed. And that's fine. Like I feel like people from their respective studios should get the opportunity to talk about their games, but um, it's 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 always just a tiny bit awkward. Um. And the bizarre live music performance is almost, it feels like a guarantee now, like now after the previous events, there's always one. Mm. 
And as far as a band, I'm going to say it's going to be like a punk band from the late 90s, 2000s. I'm going to say like Green Day or Sum 41 or something like that. That's that's what I'm going to predict. For some, no reason other than I'm just like, who's a bit over the hill and a bit washed up, but still have a bit of pull? Give me, give me like a Sum 41. Give me a Green Day. I think you're kind of right. Didn't, um, I did Weezer get confirmed for something? Oh, damn. I love me some Weezer. Weezer's good. Mm. I'm a fan. I, I like their older stuff. Um, yeah. They did appear in a Fortnite game. Um, they released an album, didn't they? They released a song through Fortnite. I think they did, yeah. Yeah, that's when they be- betrayed me a little. But yeah, I, I I think that maybe something about Weezer performing somewhere um, kind of matches up. Maybe it was the Summer Game Fest. But I feel like you're still due for another, like a weird one. Yeah. It's a shame we're yeah, not going to yeah. pan to the audience and have them sitting there awkwardly. While Andrew WK just goes Hamburglar on stage. Yeah, yeah, Andrew, that hair. Andrew WK is going <laughs> off. The like the music's pumping and the audience is just staring deadpan, just like, I want to know about Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the live performance as well that was done for Devil May Cry where they had uh, that metal band and that wasn't Casey... Casey someone um it was the banger of a track but they they played like the whole lead song from Devil Make like Devil Trigger the song's called oh. and it's a big like metal power ballad but it was another one where the audience is just sitting there just static on what is going on didn't here? They, um didn't we get a doom performance and that was pretty decent yeah that'd be cool hmm. I'd be down I'd be down but yeah there's going to be one bizarre live music performance and at least three traditionally non-speaking English announcements done very awkwardly and that's not a shot towards towards those non sort of native um, English speaking developers or no. publishers that are going to be up on that stage you know like it'd be daunting yeah. it'd be very very stressful and but it's like it's also three of them coming our way it's also just like um I mean the gaming space has really been trying to navigate how to present that um, present games nowadays, especially since COVID mm. and no longer having live, live performances. But you'd think we're getting to a stage now where things are starting to be pre-recorded. We'd, we'd start polishing things up a little bit, right? Yeah. Maybe. And speaking of polish, you think Greenberg from, from Xbox is going to have a better webcam? No doubt they're going to do like a Why weird don't Xbox any of them thing? have good webcams? <laughs> And that's what I want to know. Like, I feel like if someone's going to do a presentation, I feel like one of the things the P, like, is it PR marketing? Someone would tick off would be like, let's make sure your video quality is good. Mm-hmm. You'd think. You'd think so. You'd think so. Speaking of thinking, what do you think is your going to be your third prediction mine's a little little a bit of a jab but um i say ubisoft makes a poor attempt to acknowledge their previous wrongdoings um so they'll either not acknowledge it at all or they'll do some weird kind of like oh our companies we're trying to be better but not really do much you know so i i I anticipate that yeah so they're either going to completely sweep it under the rug or just really take the piss and just miss miss the, miss mark, the mark as far yeah. as their messaging yeah yeah that's good because they're they're always they're big on that they love they trying to always start to off with like of a it. yeah they always start off like a with a we're a family we're all about this we're all about that mm. and then it's like well let's see what you kind of do this year 
Yeah, yeah what are you bloody Gilmo's up to these days? <laughs> Speaking of weird families, like, yeah, it's uh, it's a situation, but I, I think that's a good one too. Yeah. yeah, they'll definitely have some weird tone deaf video. Yeah, that's gonna get uh picked apart and and be very very poorly received. Yeah, I mean it's gonna like to be, not to be fair, um, but they either don't say anything and they'll get in trouble for it. They'll try to say something and people will say, well, that was pointless. Like, but I doubt they would do something that would actually be worthwhile to what the audiences would probably be okay with because mm. you're not going to start off or end your event on a sour note. They, they wouldn't do that. So I, th- I think overall it's just not going not gonna to be well-received regardless. <laughs> Makes me think of that. I can't remember who it was. Was it a politician-based episode in South Park where they did the video? It's like, we're sorry. I'm sorry. Was that um oh. about the BP oil spill episode? I think it was. I don't recall. And it was it was a parody on that where they were like, yeah, we're so sorry. And yeah. It's just like, it's going to be something like that. Yeah. But um, my, my third prediction, I'm going to say Xbox slash Bethesda or Microsoft, however you want to encompass this big beast now, they're going to announce at least five brand new AAA games. So we're we're not talking about Hellblade 2 or Halo. We're talking about five titles that don't exist until this announcement. So obviously they've got a bucket load of studios. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to come out and, and show or announce five brand new games that we don't know at time of recording today. Yeah, that's 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 a big prediction. It's possible. I honestly believe that you you actually could be in with a chance on this one. I'm trying to think, like, are we going to see um, maybe some things that we've heard whispers about, or are we going to see some real freshies? So, yeah, like, like, and that could be like, it could be like in here, like a new like a new Wolfenstein or something yeah. as well. So it could be stuff like that. But I think we'll get a couple of brand new IP amongst that five and then mm. we'll get some announcements on some some new new ver- like new releases from existing big name franchises, which I cannot wait for. What was that game that we heard briefly? No, it wasn't even brief. There was quite a bit of a trailer. Was it Beyond Good and Evil? Was that what it was called? Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil 2, the Ubisoft game. Yeah, are we going to see that? I'm just we like, haven't seen nothing on that for that, ages. Right? Like they yeah. released a space monkey program where you could join up and be part of That's steering and it. building the game out. That's and they had a ton it. of dev diary stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And then it's just crickets. Yeah. I'm curious if we're going to hear about that this time around. Maybe. Mm. That can be after the uh, We're Sorry yeah, video. With the, no, the, the, the bad that. We're Sorry video. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I thought I'd chuck a quick little bonus prediction here. I'm going to say Hideo Kojima's next game is officially announced with a weird-ass trailer that no one truly understands but thinks is immediately the best thing in the world ever. Oh, and can we also say that at least one point during the Summer Games Fest, um, Jeff Keighley refers to Hideo as his best friend. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that that is bang on the money. Mm-hmm. And maybe in this announcement we'll get we'll have like a, a famous actor... Uh, doing Awkwardly. the mocap for it again. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say. I wouldn't be upset if he just <laughs> to my old Yeah, thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset if they just he brought Mads along on all his video game rides and endeavors. But maybe it's gonna be someone new in this new Hideo mm, game. Yeah, someone else. He like a action star of some variety that he likes. Yeah, mm. I don't know who that's gonna be. It's Jason Statham. Jason Statham's in the new Hideo Kojima game. Jason Statham. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. 
I feel like he'd be like he'd grab like an eighties action movie star because he seems to love that time frame. So yeah, we'll see. maybe he brings like Van Damme or Wesley Snipes <clears throat> onto the screen, maybe. the game screen. I love the idea of um, Van Damme bringing him back. Oh yeah, I love me some John Claude. Yeah. But that uh that brings us to the end of the news and our our predictions. We'll, we'll revisit these and see, like we'll score it out um on the on sort of the the, the mainline follow up THG episode and see how we did as far as those predictions. If we if we hit or miss the mark there, mm. but um it's exciting. It's uh, E3 season, so uh, always interesting. All the announcements, and then uh, we wait many years for some of these games to come out. But the excitement will be real for that week at least. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, move on to this. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of at Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, the Jamie Lee Curtis from uh, such classics as True Lies, Halloween, Good pick. Freaky Friday, and others. Mm. True Lies, great movie. Fantastic movie. It's, uh, it's, it's one of Arnie's best. I love True Lies. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Probably one of the ones that are my favorite of his. Yeah. And uh, the fake the fake secret spy Bill Paxton trying to woo over Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis doing sexy dancing too. Oh yeah, yeah. And and it's and it's her husband with the the voice changer saying the things to make her do it. It's so weird and creepy. Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, moving on. Uh, at Jamie Lee Curtis uh, has dropped a tweet. And it, the headline was Borderlands, then it was hashtag squad goals. Lilith, Roland, Tiny Tina, Craig, Tannis, and Claptrap, they form a family bond. Psychos get fried, wounds open and heal. And I promise you, you've never seen anything like it in all caps. Then there was a heap of tags. And the photo, it's sort of like a silhouette shot of those characters she mentioned. And just looking at that shot, those characters look like the characters mentioned from Borderlands. Yeah. So I like that they look like they're nailing the the tone and the feel of the games with this live screen adaptation. What do you think, Miss Hart? Is, is this this uh, making you feel quietly confident that this movie might be okay? A tiny bit because Tiny Tina looks great in that silhouette. Yeah. <laughs> she looked awesome. Um, everyone else looks like they could be passable but um i mean it's a silhouette like it's a smart way of teasing stuff without um getting people too mad um this one this movie's always like as soon as they started naming people like i love like kate blanchett but um when she got named as like one of the she was like the first one right she was the first one yeah as lilith yeah i was kind of like I, I hate saying this because you know as the years go on but like i was like isn't she kind of old and then they just kept on naming people and i'm like we're getting older um what's happening so i i i I love to be proven wrong so i hope that happens here so i'm 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 still a bit iffy about the choices in actors great actors so usually great actors means um you know obviously uh, great performances but i you know i'm just a little bit of iffy i'm 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 hesitant it's it's a bit strange because like um i'm with you like we're not age elitists here you know we're we're not against the not elderly that's too harsh like people that aren't in their 20s or 30s playing these roles Mm -hmm. but like 
Yeah, Kate Blanchett, she'd be mid forties. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is, I think, she's near sixty. Yeah, I think she's. And pretty. she's playing Doctor Tannis, and then Kate Blanchett is playing Lilith. And yeah, like in the games, like they they look like they're late twenties, thirties. So you know what? If if they can they can capture the look and the aesthetic and the energy of these characters, yep, for sure. But yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, like she's you know she's had a hell of a career and she's she's an older woman. But seeing her play Dr. Tannis, who doesn't look old at all in the games, like it might be a little jarring for, for Borderlands purists, but I'm excited. Like this silhouette here gives me hope. Um, seeing little baby Kevin Hart as Roland yes. on the far right <laughs> is a bit humorous because, you know, Roland's a normal size. Like Kevin Hart, yeah, he's a normal size dude, but he's a small dude. He's on the shorter side. Of and seeing him... Substantially shorter than than Lilith and Doctor Tannis. He's only just a bit like, taller than Tiny Tina. <laughs> yeah, he's not called Tiny Roland. No, uh, he's called Roland, and she's nearly taller than him. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But if if they can capture that balls to the wall insanity that Borderlands yes. is and can be, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. So if if they just double down on that, I'm keen. It is Eli Roth. And I feel like he, like I've mentioned previously, he has the right ideas when it comes to comedy and gore, um, <clears> which yeah. I feel like um, Borderlands requires. Um, real, like, no holds barred kind of person to just execute that properly. Um, and yeah, like, I'm still a bit iffy about Jack Black being um, claptrap. I, I just, I, like, I know he can do it. Like, I know he has the right mannerisms the voice for it but it's just claptrap has been such an iconic character and he has the vo- i don't know and this yeah, is me you, being you could have you could have made jack black play someone else i think yeah yeah i don't know I, i'm i just hope i'm proven wrong i hope it is an incredible success i hope it does extremely well and it just knocks it out of the park and uh, yeah prove i want to be proven wrong so yeah we'll see like I'm assuming this movie might be 2023. Oh, you I'm reckon? Guessing, or maybe the back end of 2022, maybe. maybe. I, I hope it's the back end of 2022, but... Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see if this can be one of the few uh, positive game-to-screen adaptations. Yeah. Like, this shot alone gives me a little bit of confidence, yeah. but it is just a, just one photo, so we'll see what happens when the when the film comes out in, yeah, in the future. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Hart, moving on to the last part, Ovly Potty. New releases and events. Hit the right sound button that time. Be great if you did the news one. <laughs> I thought about doing it just to take the piss, but uh, yeah, we're talking about releases that are dropping between the seventh through to the thirteenth of June. Mm-hmm. It's still crazy to me that we're in June already now. So uh, obviously, THD two forty four is out Monday the seventh. You're listening to it right now. Thank you for doing that. Um, on Wednesday the ninth, uh, we've got the next episode of Comedy Rewind dropping which uh, stars Australia's John O'Peck and Salim the Dream Abraham oh. uh, tackling Wedding Crashes. So I'm excited for that. I love that movie, Wedding Crashes. You a fan of Wedding Crashes? I haven't seen it. <gasps> Vince Vaughn. Owen Wilson. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher would be Rachel the reason McAdams. why I would watch it. I'd, she's great yeah. in it. Yeah, she. I, I love her. I think she's great. I think she's one of our best representations of um, uh, Australian female um, actress. Hundred percent. She did, like she's done well for herself for someone that's just like what was home and away. I think she's on right. I, I think, think it was home and away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's done really well. Mm. So that that's dropping on Wednesday on all podcast uh, listening platforms. And uh, Loki 
is uh, debuting on Disney Plus. On a finally. Wednesday. That came around really quick. On a Wednesday. Is Apparently, yeah, oh. Wednesday the 9th. Could be the 10th here in Australia, but I'm pretty sure the website I pulled the what's happening on streaming uh, for the month yeah. was an Australian URL. So uh, bear in mind, yeah, it could be Wednesday 9 slash Thursday 10 rotate depending on um, where they are in the world. Mm. But uh, that's coming out this week. Uh, we're seeing on Thursday Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade dropping. So that is the, the sexy PlayStation 5 edition of Final Fantasy VII being available for purchase mm-hmm. this week as well. Uh, Friday sees a couple of big releases as well with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Game Builder Garage oh. dropping on the PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch uh, respectively. Oh, I feel like it was only recently we were just talking about Game Builder Garage. So it's nice mm-hmm. to see that the space between us first ever mentioning it and then its actual release is was pretty short. I, I like that. Yeah. And obviously... I love those tight turnarounds. Yeah. And then Ratchet and Clank, um, I want to play that, and that would be my first Ratchet and Clank game. So um excited for that. It looks so heckin' good. It does. Yeah. M- maybe maybe we could do a spoiler cast on it if we oh, buy it together and play it through. Yeah, maybe. It could be fun. Yeah. Because that'd be your first experience with it. That'd be cool to talk about. Yeah. All right. Looks so good though. It, it's it's some next gen graphics in that. My goodness, it is vibrant. Yeah, it looks so nice and polished. Like I've always mentioned, I'm like kids these days. Oh god, you know what? Yeah, ageist. Um, kids these days, they're so lucky that this is their a lot of their um first experience into gaming because mm-hmm. it's just getting better and better looking. It's just incredible. Yeah, you kids don't know what we grew up with. <sighs> yeah, we never had save files. Mm. 4K, we had bloody 16-bit. <laughs> anyway, so they're dropping that that uh, Friday the 11th, which is very exciting. I'm keen to play both of those. That Game Builder g- Garage game, like, you know, we talked about that concept, would have been maybe a month ago, yeah, yeah when this was announced. Yeah, it pretty, pretty recent. But as, as a nice uh, start point for budding game developers to get in on this little Nintendo Switch hand-holding experience, I think it's fantastic and it's adorable and I'm excited to try and make my own little little gaming experiences in Game Builder Garage. Mm. Oh. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then uh, next weekend, obviously, Saturday the 12th, we'll see the first part of our E3 coverage dropping as well. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the, the THG E3 coverage special part one will be dropping next Saturday the 12th of June. That's so really that's uh, that's what's coming out this week, Miss Hart. There's obviously a smattering of other games coming out as well. Uh, the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection dropping on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch and PC on June the 10th could be of interest too. Mm. But uh, yeah, Miss Hart, anything else you want to say or highlight before we maybe shut down the studio for another few days? Uh, just as we mentioned, with E3 coming and the kind of tone of it being Christmas for gamers, just remember, as I've always mentioned, Christmas time uh you know there's a lot of gifts under the christmas tree so there's going to be a lot of games and just remember not every game is going to be made for you so um you know let's all try to stay positive let's all keep it a good experience not every game is going to be for everyone um so enjoy what you enjoy but there's no need to be kind of shitty on other games existing so just enjoy it um it's a good time for gamers and let's just all have fun for during the e3 uh conference events perfect way to describe it yeah like just just be happy that we're getting these type of conferences and announcements and yeah if, if a game's if a game or an announcement is not for you just just get to step and move on see what the next thing is mm-hmm. you know you don't need to jump on the social media echo chamber and be a dick for the sake of being a dick you know be better mm-hmm. be appreciative that we're getting these games in the first place yeah 
Amen. Amen. Miss Hart, that has been an episode. Episode 244 in the can. Thank you, Apeit Nation, for stopping on by as you always do. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.